is the world's fourth largest producer of coal, Southeast Asia's biggest gas supplier, and the largest biofuel producer globally, according to the International Energy Agency. Yet oil imports in Indonesia are increasing as incomes and consumption rise among the 250 million people of the archipelago, which holds the Group of 20 presidency in 2022 and will chair the Association of Southeast Asian Nations in 2023. In this podcast, ATBI's Dina Shkayeva, ASEAN Center for Energy Executive Director Nuki Akia Utama, and Kuki Sujamun, co-chair of the Climate and Energy Transition Task Force of the G20's Think Tank Engagement Group, Think20, talk about energy transition in Asia and how Indonesia's leadership in the G20 and ASEAN could shape energy transition cooperation. The discussion draws upon a T20-associated roundtable on energy transition financing that was held held as part of the 43rd International Association of Energy Economics International Conference. Hi Dina, Nuki, and Kuki. Welcome to Asia's Developing Future. Indonesia is hosting G20 in 2022 and is going to chair ASEAN in 2023. To start things off, Cookie, can you share some of the insights on the outcomes of the G20 meetings being hosted by Indonesia and how they could help build sustainable energy transition globally? From Indonesia G20 presidency this year, we have interesting progress in the energy transition working group. They already come up with the principles for energy transition. That principles shows how the energy transition should be happening, including recognizing local source of energy and how countries with different circumstances need to work on their energy transition. How will this help other developing countries in Asia and the Pacific and globally transition to clean energy? It is good for countries in different regions, including Asia and the Pacific, consideration on local sources as well as national circumstances. The Pacific have different characteristics and features compared to other Asian countries. So focusing on what is in the country is important and also help countries in doing this energy transition based on their own capacity and resources is something that address in the principle that coming from this energy transition working group. Nuki, what are key areas for energy transition in ASEAN? The areas of energy transition covering almost all of energy spectrum from biomass to hydrogen technology as well as uh, fission nuclear. So those are the whole story of energy transition because energy transition, we cannot do it in a sudden move. We have to do it gradually. So all of the potential energy within Southeast Asia, if it is related with fossil fuel resources, we have to use it wisely, efficiently to reduce emission coming from those fossil fuel. For example, try to change from coal-based power plant to natural gas type of power plant. For some existing coal power plant, we have to upgrade those into advanced ultra supercritical type of power plant or even combining biomass with coal gasification. Those should be affordable enough, the supply is secure enough and accessible to all of people in Southeast Asia. Dina, what is status of climate finance globally and what are barriers to private sector investment in renewable energy? 
Globally, investments in energy transition are dominated by renewable energy. Other technologies like clean transport, hydrogen, energy storage are not attracting investments yet because they're still immature and high cost. But for energy transition, we need a variety of technologies for different applications that are coping with intermittency of renewable energy. So such technologies still need investments in research and development and also demonstration. So really, we need investments in order to drive costs down. What are your thoughts on the technology side, Nuki? The finance of new technologies is not happening right away. Introducing renewable energy in the financial sectors is something relatively new in Southeast Asia. That's why the introduction of the technology and the understanding on how important this technology is very important. Option of the financial scheme should be flexible. Support from the governments introducing this financial institution to the technology of the energy efficiency is also important. And of course, the readiness of the sector itself is also have to be there. If we only focusing on the financial perspective without preparing the human resources to implement those technology, then we'll be creating another problem. Financial institutions should also thinking the whole perspective on the socioeconomic rather than only financing new technology in the region. Many countries in ASEAN provide feed-in tariff program to promote investment in renewable energy. How has it performed and what other policy support is needed? It entirely for working very well in the region. Investors are really relying on this kind of programs. Another thing that should come together with this fit and tariff is what Vietnam did. They dismiss the cost of land, land lease. That's why investment of renewable energy becoming very attractive for investors. But it's not yet happening other than Vietnam. But those are a very good example if countries in Southeast Asia or even beyond Southeast Asia want to follow this kind of policy-driven activities. Can you talk a bit about the ASEAN power grid? How did it improve regional energy security and what are the challenges? ASEAN power grid is happening in more than 20 years as a concept base. And now in the last 10 years, we are growing very fast. 22nd of June this year, we are already being connected from Laos, Thailand, Malaysia, and Singapore. Singapore purchasing hydropower from Laos through the grid in Thailand and Malaysia. Even though people are skeptic on these activities, ASEAN Interconnection Master Plan studies reveal that technically these activities is visible, economically also visible, only political will need to be addressed. So we're looking forward on 10 member states to be connected. What are some barriers to further ASEAN power grid expansion? Challenges next will be the submersible line between Singapore to Sumatra, Kalimantan, Malaysia, Sabah, Sarawak, Brunei to Philippines. Submersible high voltage is quite costly. Those one of these technical challenges. However, the latest studies between Singapore and Sarawak authorities revealing there is possibilities to transfer in both ways from Singapore to Sarawak or Sarawak to Singapore that also showing a very good result in the feasibility studies. Another challenge is that the grid in member states should increase in order to absorb the high penetration of variable renewable energy. Of course, the grid should be smart enough to transferring to the area where the demand are needed and those are very complicated. 
To wrap up, Kiki, can you explain how Indonesia's G20 presidency and role as ASEAN chair could promote regional cooperation for climate change mitigation and energy transition? The Indonesian presidency for G20 as well as ASEAN chairmanship should be an, an opportunity. The grid within the region will help us mitigate climate change. Having a cooperation among members next year, the ASEAN countries, to have more cooperation and collaboration in the financing part or technology part. But there is also other area that we may want to look at, which is carbon pricing and carbon market in ASEAN or the G20 countries. This is to find a real actions that can be implemented to support G20 countries. How does this fit together with the bigger picture when it comes to energy transition? We cannot forget that we have G7 as well. So about climate change, there is different role of G7 because they have to be source of financing. All member states in ASEAN need to work together to developing ourselves, but with less emissions. Utilize local energy sources. Using resources locally would be very helpful in the sense that we can directly help the economy of the region, but also reduce the energy energy resources, as well as climate change. But using local resources doesn't mean that it has to be conventional. We need to have technology having the most advanced for local resources. This need to be developed in G20 as well as for ASEAN. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute. For more information about us, visit adbi.org.